0: Hello, and welcome to the Moonlit Mind Podcast. I am your host, Anna, and I just wanted to welcome you all to the space of consciousness, exploration, deep soul diving, and curiosity and exploration of what makes us all so very human. I wanted to talk a little bit about how Many of us have developed patterns in relationship to ourselves of over-masculinity and domination of our more softer feminine sides. And this topic is something I have thought a lot about, but it was brought to my attention this morning as I was listening to another Uh, Soulful Podcast, and just really exploring my own psyche and sense of understanding with what it means to come into inner harmony and union between our masculine and feminine selves. And many of us, you know, identify as, right, we might identify as the form of the female, the form of the feminine, the form of the masculine, or maybe neither, or you know, more non-binary expression of those gender roles. But I really want to talk about this in terms of the energy of the two, and this is just the way I understand it to make sense. And no matter what identity or non-identity we choose. I feel that we all carry masculine and feminine expressions and energies within the self. And I feel like many of us have adapted and adopted stronger patterns of one or the other. And I think a lot of the journey of being human, of being a soul in a human body is about coming into right sense of balance and relationship between these two seemingly counter aspects to self. And let's just talk briefly about the energies uh, on a basic foundational level. So what I like to think of the energy of the masculine, it's, it's the yang, it's the going out there, doing what we need to do to get things done. It's taking action. It's protecting the space. It's holding the containment, the container, the boundaries of our more emotive, emotional, feminine selves. It's that safety. It's that security. It's really uh, that just yes, sense of stability that we all obviously need in our world. And, you know, the essence of the masculine really just helps us to take that forward action and to do what we need to do to provide that sense of structure to our lives And create those habits that really sustain us, and um, yeah, just kind of that energy of effort, will, and taking action. And of course, you know, in the shadow side of the ego, the you know, toxic masculinity, toxic masculine energy. I really like to think of that as, you know, the patriarchal energy that our world has demonstrated for a very long time. It's the needing to find that sense of worth and worthiness through how productive, through how exhausted we make ourselves. That overdrive of doing, 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 never resting, never caring for ourselves, never, you know, eliciting those self care practices. And we're applauded for it. We are applauded for that productivity, that needlessly seeking of our goals, accomplishing, checking things off our list. And that to me, is the shadow side of the masculine energy that most of us can see in our world and our societies. And you know, of course, the other shadow side is the over aggression of the masculine energy, the dominating, the righteousness, the the ego, um, the need to have power over. You know, the need to have dominion over something else in order to feel powerful. So, on the counter side is the feminine, and the feminine qualities, the essence of the feminine is that receptivity, it's that beingness, not the doingness the energy of allowing, of surrendering, of allowing life to fill us and life to move through us. It's, you know, it's our emotional landscape. It's um, that really intuitive energy of trust and knowing that we are taken care of and also creativity you know the feminine is that joy and that expression of creation energy so the, again the need for receiving to rest to be in the non-doing nature in the space in between the action the presence um and then of course you know the shadow side of the feminine is that I would say passiveness or fear of you know receiving um you know not feeling worthy not knowing our true value um you know, just really being in a space where we feel frozen in our lives. Where we're not really feeling the juice of life. Where we're not feeling the passion of life. And again, the masculine and the feminine counter, you know, co with each other. So the more shadow sides of these feminine qualities you know, could be brought on by an overexerted masculine. You know, the rigidity, the overprotective, the needing to armor oneself up. Those are the masculine qualities. And then on the counter, it blocks the feminine. It blocks our ability to flow, to find ease, to find joy, to find pleasure, to connect with our sensuality. To play, to explore. And, you know, those are, those are very strong energies that can be in conversation with each other. So that's just kind of an overview of those two energies. And I guess I was just really sparked to speak on this topic based on the podcast I listened to this morning. And then a conversation with a dear healer friend. And she really brought to attention, the friend of mine brought to my attention, patterns of mistreatment. Okay? So many of us have learned either, you know, how to care for ourselves how to care for our emotions, how to care for our bodies, but also how to not care for the self and not treat ourselves with care and our bodies and emotions with kindness and gentleness and compassion. So myself included, um, you know, I've carried with me a long thread of mirroring and witnessing, you know, people in my life, my, you know, mother and her patterns and whatnot of not learning how to care for herself and offer herself that, you know, really tender, loving care. So on the counter side, we've learned patterns to push and force and really just aggress upon ourselves and our bodies and our emotions and that mistreatment of the self. And I've really been looking at Patterns in my external relationships where I have a very close, intimate, challenging uh, relationship with a family member, and this person is mirroring back to me very aggressing, hostile, borderline verbally abusive energies of domination and I feel that, strongly. I feel the panic. I feel the anxiety. I feel the lack of safety. And these are all qualities of my feminine. I'm feeling not safe. I'm feeling not protected. I'm feeling um, afraid. And as a result of this over-domineering masculine aggression, So, you know, this friend brought to my attention, well, where are the patterns in your life where you are still allowing yourself to mistreat yourself? Where are you still mistreating yourself? Because our relationships with others really are showing us a giant mirror of where and how we're relating to ourselves, And that's the work that most of us don't want to look at. And we'd rather, you know, duke it out with this external person in our reality. But until we shift and change the patterns of mistreatment in relationship to ourselves, we're going to keep allowing the mistreatment to ourselves in our external relationships. So instead of this outside-in approach, let's fix the external relationship, what I'm learning is and have been learning for a while and making much slower progress than I would like some days is it's my relationship to myself. This person is just showing me if I continue to allow this mistreatment, That I'm allowing that mistreatment and perpetuating those patterns in myself. So that's the work to be done. And the healing to be done. So I guess another thread that I want to speak to. And this is a very specific thread. And I haven't brought it up yet on this podcast. But I do come from... A background of disordered eating, eating disorders of many different forms, many different shades anorexia, orthorexia, binge eating, bulimia, exercise addiction. And I just made the realization today that this conversation is so pertinent. To the eating disorder lens. And I have done a lot, (laughs) a lot of self examination through this lens because it's one that I walked. It's one that I knew so intimately for the span of 10 years from the age of 16 to the age of 26. And I want to do another podcast episode speaking a little bit more specifically to. My journey healing from an eating disorder. And I am so wary and just hyper aware of wanting to say healing because the journey doesn't end. There is no end point. I don't reach the end point and now I'm healed in my mind. I don't believe that ever happens. And sure, you might get to a point of, you know, it recovered, and yet the recovery still continues. So, you know, I'm not active in my eating disorder, and I carry thought forms and compulsions toward exercise obsession, and And I don't even want to qualify. It's hard to qualify something because it's all such a individuated experience, and our relationship it's never about the thing. It's our relationship to the thing itself. It's never about the food. It's never about the habit. It's about what is my relationship to this thing? And am I seeking it out as a form of numbing? or you know punishment self punishment and only ourselves will be able to answer to that i can't answer for you what your relationship is to a beer i can't answer to you know for you what your relationship to marijuana is it's the internal experience of it so Again, this is a much larger conversation of my journey from and into the healing journey and continuation of a healing journey. But what I want to speak to for those out there who may or may not have experienced an eating disorder, and I don't want to say that it's solely... A woman female experience, but I do find that to be more often than not the experience. And I really realized this morning that a lot of what the eating disorder energy is is this relationship of the masculine energy in domination over our feminine energy. Right? So born into a society where the masculine and toxic masculinity at that, the overdoing, the overexertion, the hyperproductivity, you know, those are applauded from the get-go. We, as women, were born into mostly a man-ruled world. Okay, so where's our sense of belonging? Many of us, I think, on an unconscious level, felt like we didn't belong. How can we find our sense of belonging, which is inherent as humans on this planet, to have a sense of belonging? So I think there's one shade of this eating disorder, which I believe now is really this toxic masculine energy that we were trying to in our unique ways to make sense of we were born into it and this was the one form that made sense in order to allow in an internal level our masculine and feminine energies to have this play out so born into a man-ruled world, as women, we don't look like men. <laughs> we do not carry the same shape as men. Women were born on, you know, a very visceral level with often more body fat, you know, with softer Forms. I'm not saying all women. I know we all have different genetics and makeup, but let's just say in the broad sense, you know, women do carry, we carry life. We need sustenance on our bones to carry new life. And so just on like a physical level, we do not look like men. Okay, but In our human, like developing minds, if it's gonna make me feel more safe to belong to this tribe of men that is obviously the higher, you know, praised gender, I'm gonna do that for pure survival because I need to belong, I need to feel that sense of belonging. So in reality, it's pretty damn smart. (laughs) Um, So to change on a physical level to, you know, and of course, this is talking more in terms of restrictive eating, more anorexia, orthorexia minded processes. And again, bulimia, though, is a very similar thing, even binge eating, there can be periods where we're still striving to maintain a very small or smaller form physical form physical form to um yeah, so we restrict we restrict our food, and as a result, you know maybe some of us swung to the opposite end where we'd have you know bulimic episodes or binge eating episodes. But again, it's that innate instinctual drive to change our forms in order to feel like we belong. So, okay, so that's on the physical level, right? So again, this is like that masculine, toxic masculine energy that we're, we're playing out internally. And then, you know, being born into families in a world where emotions are seen as weakness, where there's no space to have an emotional experience. <laughs> it's not safe to have an emotional experience, to express our emotions. We're told to be quiet as children, you know, go to your room, uh, stuff it down, repress, suppress. So that emotional energy of the feminine Again, it's over-repression. So how else are we going to deal with or navigate our emotional landscape if not through a habit or compulsion? And this is where the eating disorder enters the picture. So we go to these means of... ...numbing the emotions out. We overexercise. We overeat. We don't eat. We binge. We purge. These are all emotional expressions. Because we're not allowing... ...our emotions... ...there's not a container... ...a safe container... ...for the feminine... ...flow of our emotions because of this repression of our emotions, we have to do something. There has to be some expression of that. So I think this is a conversation that's worth having because I really feel like it just takes away a lot of the shame around eating disorders and it makes it more apparent that these masculine feminine energies and trying to harmonize the two is really kind of what we're trying to do in a very backwards you know, not obviously sustainable or healthy way at all, (laughs) but born into this world of over-masculine domination, it's like the eating disorders came through as a way to cope, (laughs) as a way to cope with that. And many of us on the healing journey are now getting down to the energetics of the masculine energy and where we've perpetuated that over-aggression of the self and that suppression of our own emotions and that maybe that's a pattern and a rebalancing point that we're still working on to come back into sacred relationship to have that union within the self between the container and the safety of the masculine energy and the space allowed for the feminine to have its emotional dance and flow and chaotic motion that many of us were taught was wrong and not allowed So, I think that's really <laughs> all I wanted to talk about and just shine a bigger light on these inner dynamics, these inner interrelational dynamics that we can see on the broader playing field, toxic masculinity but also can we see those patterns in ourselves? And can we see the habits, addictions, and patterns we've adapted in order to fit into this world of over-masculinity? And how can we start to harmonize? Those patterns within ourselves. So I just want to start this conversation and continue this conversation. And I want to share more about the eating disorder lens. But I feel like coming at it from the energetics just made sense for me today. And I hope this probed your minds and your hearts with maybe just another way to view our habits, compulsions, addictions, because that's really what it is. Even addictions, it's this lack of feeling like our emotional experience is safe enough to feel. So we go to these coping mechanisms because of a lack of Structure a lack of felt safety in our masculine selves to hold and contain the more raw feminine expression. So, all right. Well, I will be signing off <laughs> and I hope this, yeah, sparked your spirits and gave you something to think about for the rest of your day. And until next time, may your mind continue to settle back into your heart and may your heart continue to reconnect back to your soul and may your soul continue to guide you forward on this path of human exploration. And I will talk to you all next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I wanted to include a bonus extra for listeners who are interested in hearing a little bit more about the creative process and allowing that creative expression to move through us in the ways that we feel inspired to do so. And this came through me when I had been sharing a little bit about my creative process with others and I began to notice the external critiques as well as my own internal critiques and judgments starting to pop up around my own creative process. So I wanted to just attach this uh, recording to this episode and just add to the creative flow that I felt was pertinent to those energies that I spoke to earlier and really start to name those aspects and patterns within the creative process. So I hope you enjoy listening to this episode bonus extra and until next time May your mind stay lit up with all that inspires you, and may your heart continue to guide you back to the creative process of unfolding into your soul's eternal being. Hello, and welcome to the Moonlit Mind podcast. I am your host, Anna. And I just wanted to take a moment to welcome you to the space, to this conversation, and just for, yeah, just for being here and tuning in and just thank you so much for listening and if you like this podcast... Uh, You're welcome to give it a rating and leave a comment and um, also to subscribe to this podcast if you feel these conversations are in resonance to your journey and you enjoy listening to them. So uh, I just wanted to take a moment to record an episode and really just coming at this episode with a very vulnerable feeling and sensing heart and just really wanting to honor myself and anyone else who is in this process of stepping up to the plate of their soul's journey and evolution and doing something a little bit outside their comfort zone and creating creating something i think the path to creativity is paved with a lot of fear and self-doubt. And many of us allow that fear to stop us and don't create as a result of feeling that self-doubt and what we have to create and share. And is it really worthwhile? So I think for me, it's been a journey about really just getting myself to create and noticing the judgments when they creep up and those moments when I want to critique and get down on myself for this creation and where it's really lacking or where it's not living up to what I imagine it to be and just really taking the time to just step back and witness and observe those internal dialogues that we're having when we're stepping into a place of judgment and criticism and just, um, you know, just not really giving those Judgments, much time of day, we can acknowledge them and thank them for really trying to protect us from judgment from the external world and from others because as we know as creators and creative humans, our creative expressions will absolutely not resonate and, you know, stick with others. And there's no 100% guarantee that everyone is going to like what we have to share. And that's just a part of this path. So I guess I just want to name what I was starting to witness in myself when I was sharing and talking about some recent works of creativity and those are largely works of creativity where I've shared very vulnerably my story and past and history and present (laughs) experience and challenges about you know navigating an eating disorder and my recovery from that and really just the grit and the you know, the real honest truth that I feel is, yeah, it's not what everyone wants to read. It's not what everyone wants to hear. And it can be very uncomfortable. It can take us to these spaces of great discomfort in ourselves and really bringing up those layers of dis-ease and discomfort and you know even in myself and hearing feedback from others where i feel like my words or my expression has disturbed another and it's never disturbed and you know no one wants to say that your work is disturbing or that it elicited a uncomfortable response or feeling and of course you know I feel some sensitivity around that because it is such a raw and unfiltered expression of my emotional self and I've been met with a lot of judgment around that you know of course there's one side that welcomes it and it's like a you know breath of fresh air to read someone's creative expression and to find such deep reminders that what someone else is feeling is very close to your own and you know I've had others where they hear my writing or my creative expression and It is a huge turnoff and it's just a little bit too close to home and elicits discomfort and, um, you know, been met with that within family and, you know, family members who think that what I have to share is a little too open, a little too real, a little too unfiltered and of course the part of me that feels so called to share these messages and to share the grit and the raw and the real, it feels a little bit sensitive to that because what else are we doing here if not to share our most authentic, unfiltered, Unmasked selves. I think I really hold a strong intention for these platforms for Instagram and social media and you know this now this podcast. It's, I really just want us to break down these walls of fabricated perfection and I've spent most of my life trying to create a fabricated sense of self that was perfectly molded and, you know, just really molded my physical body to try to, you know, display this visual aesthetics of what I thought was perfections to honestly mask and hide behind so you know I feel like many of us have these ways in which we protect ourselves from being seen and I know I still have various means and measures to protect my more vulnerable parts and yeah I'm not saying we need to go and share our most Vulnerable trauma with the world, and you know, not saying that's your path and anyone's path, but if you feel called to share something, if you feel called to express something deeply close to your heart, and yeah, maybe it was through a trauma or addiction or you know, really uglier time in your life where you did feel so alone and you didn't really have anyone to express those feelings with and you know there's just so much judgment that can happen when we start to share what we feel called to share and everyone has their own perspective of course of our creative expressions and just really not taking to heart every word and feedback that people give us. And that can be hard for someone like me and someone possibly like you that's sensitive and hypersensitive to the words of others. So I think just continuing on this path of creative self-expression and exploration is a continuous mirror and journey to where we're still harboring that lens of judgment toward our authentic selves. And where can we continue to remove the layers of judgment and come into a kinder relationship with those less put-together parts and really just start to meet ourselves and our imperfect selves with a little more curiosity and tenderness and loving care because we've tried for so long to meet those parts of ourselves with judgment and as far as I can tell meeting ourselves with judgment really has no other consequence than making those parts feel afraid of being seen and being witnessed so I guess I just want to speak to any creatives out there who are listening that know your art and your creativity may not strike such a deep chord with everyone and many may not want to read it or witness it and that anyone's reaction to your creative expression really has nothing to do with you. It's, you know, it's one of the four agreements in Don Miguel Ruiz's book. Um, You know, don't take anything personal and nothing anyone says or does is really about you. It's about them. And of course, we can hear those Words and that wisdom, and there's just this deep part of us that, of course, wants to be deeply acknowledged, loved, accepted, praised for being exactly how it is. So, when someone doesn't offer you that it can feel quite painful and sensitive and tender and that's just showing us this child part of us that needs more of our own praise and validation and loving acceptance so yeah is that is that what we want to do is you know it would be often seemingly easier to reach for that externally and give be given that, but really, our relationship to ourself is what is the most important to keep fostering and deepening. So I guess that's really what I wanted to share in a nutshell about the creative process and just to acknowledge anyone out there who is also trying something new, trying something for the first time. Like, are we supposed to be an expert? Are we supposed to be a master at this new creative expression? No. And yeah, we're going to be imperfect along the way and things will definitely need to be molded and, you know, better, uh, better made along the way. So that's just a part of it. And it doesn't mean what we're doing now is lacking or faltering somehow. It just means, you know, we at least are having the courage to create something. (laughs) And that is a beautiful thing to create something new and step out into the unknown and not really know what we're doing, but trusting that We're doing something meaningful, even if just for ourselves. So, all right. Well, just sending all of you creative muses and humans out there just so much permission to be where you are in your own creative process and just to acknowledge yourself for the courage and commitment you have to this creative path and to find more gentleness and compassion for the parts of us that feel like there's something wrong with what we're doing and there's something we should be doing differently because not everyone's going to understand it, and not everyone's going to resonate with it. So that's that's the journey of being the creative artist and writer and speaker. It's a journey of shedding all those external judgments and just allowing whatever wants to be expressed to come through as raw or I guess as filtered as it needs to be. But I know my journey is about being less filtered and communicating on a very raw level. So if that's you out there who appreciates the rawness, then keep listening because that's what I'm here for. And I hope you are too. But All right, well, until next time, I hope your mind stays lit up by the inspirations of your heart and your spirit continues to find a sense of home and peace within your being. And yeah, may these words continue to speak to you and land gently within your field and within your heart. And may you trust whatever creative expression is moving through you or being asked to move through you. All right. I will talk to you all next time.